All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Thursday. It's November 12th. I'm Doug Norian. Over there is James Davis. And we are coming at you here with a game-by-game breakdown of the main slate for FanDuel and DraftKings, setting up to be a pretty interesting week, I think, all things considered. we got a bunch of injury stuff out there. got a little, you know, smattering of COVID kind of hanging out there. Uh, guys returning from injuries, guys who... Um, whose statuses are just a little bit up in the air right now. Teams, I don't know. This is, this is an interesting week, I think, right? Like, I I think I think a couple plays in my mind are locked in, and I have a few other areas that I feel like there's a great deal of uncertainty about. I, I think maybe we'll get most news that we need, and I'm still a little concerned that all the news isn't going to lend itself to having this crystal clear look at like what cash games are going to look like. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think that... God darn right it's well said. We had a big domino fall yesterday with Christian McCaffrey being declared out for this week. That certainly frees things up considerably, um, both in the fact that we don't have to think about playing him at 10000 and we get a $5,000 play to, that, we, that we can play. So I think that was pretty significant. And I think as the week goes along, you know, I don't want to get greedy, but we could still use like one more piece of news. But yeah, I'd say overall... Things are looking pretty solid. Yeah, I think stuff is hanging out there enough. We're going to go through each of these games and talk about what it is we're kind of keeping an eye on, keeping track of uh, mm-hmm. in terms of injury stuff. Uh, like you said, there is there's there's like the equal parts uncertainty around some guys, and then uncertainty around which guys are coming back too. In a weird way, like I don't think that's that in that way. This week feels a little bit different. Maybe it's just because we're getting later in the season and injuries and, and you know so on and so forth. But we'll roll through the games. Discuss what we're keeping an eye out for. Talk about guys that we are, you know, strictly want to avoid or plays that we want to just sort of lock in. You can also listen back to our cash game podcast, which we recorded yesterday. We broke down guys like Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, you mentioned the McCaffrey thing. We talked about the Green Bay situation against Jacksonville. But we'll kind of, um, you know, we'll either nod to it or, or kind of round back around some of those plays as well. Let's roll through some of these games. Uh, and I'm actually going to throw out a few more bets this week. Our, our betting system over the last two weeks has been actually pretty excellent. It's uh, 16 and 10 against the spread. It was even better against the, um, uh, against the totals last week. So feeling pretty encouraged about that as we continue to test and monitor this thing. And you can get those plays. I'm throwing them out there in our members only chat every week. Uh, I do a bet. We do a betting article, throw a couple out in the betting article for the masses, but then uh, we throw them out there in the chat over the few days leading up uh, into Sunday. So if you want to go that, go and get dfsr.com slash deals. And I'll get you started on a free trial of our projection system, and those bets are in there as well. Philly goes in and plays the Giants. Philly coming off the bye, getting a little healthier here. Alshon Jeffrey's going to play. Not sure if you know, he's gonna, not going to play very much. This is his first game back in a while. Getting uh, They got Rieger back here. Got Dallas Goddard's back as well. And Miles Sanders is back here. So I don't, when you hear when all these guys are sort of entering them back into the mix uh, against the Giants, their favorite, the road favorites here, how do we want to look at this situation? Because Miles Sanders is a guy we definitely wanted to play at the beginning of the year, but he hasn't also played in basically a month now. Not decent matchup. Um, what do we want to look at when it comes to this Eagles team? Yeah, and this also, I think, pretty importantly, knocks Travis Fulgham down significantly. He had been yeah. really quality. Like, we'd probably be considering him, right, at 6,800 if they weren't getting so many pieces back. He's been excellent, you know, going between 7 and 13 targets a game and so on, but... I expect that that will stop with all these guys getting healthy. I mean, it's a really good matchup, but at least for cash games, I think we can wait on this a week. I don't think we need to rush in and, you know, try to catch Miles Sanders at exactly the right moment or something like that. I think the receipt, the passing game looks pretty similar to me. 
Um, for big tournaments, I think I'd prefer to speculate on the passing game rather than on the running game, at least at this point. And incidentally, I think Fulgham is the guy I'd be most excited to play because I think his ownership will be way down. And there's no guarantee that these other guys returning will actually knock him right. So I think you can get that you know, explosive wide receiver one type upside in a week where most people are going to assume that his opportunity is going to go the other way. And while it could, and maybe even is likely to, it's certainly not a guarantee. Yeah, um, I think I agree with you. Um, basically, all those points. It's it's been a situation where they've been so decimated by injury that they've had to rely on just kind of whoever was left. And now, while they're still without Ertz, that the fact that they're getting you know the fact you know Rieger came back last in week eight and got six targets to Fulgham uh, Fulgham seven right that looks like a very clear drop off and why the, the Fulgham maybe didn't see the same kind of target share I was a little you know Dallas Goddard played 53 snaps I was really expecting a lot more he only had one target I, he was actually a guy I was really pretty bullish on considering how the Eagles have used tight ends in the past and um, he played a, he played all the snaps it's just there's no targets there I, I don't I actually don't mind him from a GPP upside play I don't think anyone's going to be on this play but we've seen huge games from him in the past and we've seen an Eagles offense that definitely does want to target the tight end so don't mind some of the I'm with you I don't mind some of the passing stuff here but in terms of locking in a guy or even two for, for cash, is, this is probably not where you want to be. Giant side, uh, it looks like Devontae Freeman's going to come back. I'm not positive about this one. I get to check the, the note. Uh, they had suspended Golden Tate for the week last week, and we saw some, an uptick in targets for Ingram uh, and Sterling Shepard specifically. Uh, where do you, anything to see here on the Giants? I mean, the offense, I mentioned Daniel Jones as maybe just a cheap play uh, and nothing more just because of the running ability, but um, you know, anything else to see here on the Giants side of the ball? Oh, yeah, I'm into Ingram regardless of Golden Tate's status. I don't think he really matters much. I mean, he had three targets the week before he went out, two targets the game before that. So I think he's more of like an incidental guy to the offense right now. Uh, I guess likewise for Sterling Shepard, you know, maybe you can point to an increase in his targets with Golden Tate out, but not even really, right? So he had eight targets last week against Washington, 10 the prior week against Tampa Bay when Golden Tate was actually playing. So I think both of those guys are still totally playable here remain totally uninterested in the running game i just think it's a timeshare at best it's also just not a good rushing game i don't know just not not doing it for me certainly not in cash and i guess it's understandable if you want to take a stab in big tournaments but it would be down the list for me yeah, I think that all makes sense. There's just such an uninspiring offense. Jones is just so inconsistent through the air that this is why he ends up on the ground so much that they just the offense just isn't very good, and he ends up being fast enough and has the scrambling ability that he's able to just provide some you know a higher floor on the wheels. But that's kind of that's where he kind of has to stop with the superlatives for him. Texans play uh, the Browns. Browns coming off a bye week here. Texans uh, coming off squeaking out a victory against Jacksonville last week. Browns are minus three home favorites. This line started at 54 and is down to 49. So I got to just check the weather is in the situation here because that's such a massive drop that usually that uh, usually that means that there's some there's some weather issues. I'll check on that. Uh, we I think we're gonna, we might see Nick Chubb back here this week. Um, I think he began practicing. And so I don't know if, if he were to come back. I think we can wipe off the idea around playing Kareem Hunt. I am interested, though, in your opinion on this is the passing game in the first week without Odell Beckham Jr. The weather was awful in week eight, but they targeted Jarvis Landry 11 times. 
What do we make of that with a very clear, it was his most targets of the season in a week where it was a very clear, just, you know, someone else was gone. Does that mean anything to us here from, you know, where, you know, is he a cash game consideration? Can we put him in the elite group of target share guys? Um, or is it just still kind of like it was one game and maybe there's just not enough to see? I don't think we can rush him into the elite group of target share guys, but I think expecting an increase over the five or six that he was getting per game prior is potentially appropriate. Um, yeah, I think if you wind up scrapping around and, and needing a wide receiver in the $6,000 range, I don't think it's outrageous. Um, I'd be asking myself, you know, just in this very game, why I'm not just playing Brandon Cooks at essentially the same price point. Cooks is $300 more. He did a bad job of actually converting his targets into receptions last week, but the track record is significantly better, right? I mean, three straight games with nine targets, 12 targets a game before that. So I'd assume that Cooks is a better bet to be a part of his team's office than Land- or offense than Landry. So, um, you know, just depends on how many $6,000 wide receivers you need, I suppose. Yeah, uh, and then on the Texan side of the ball, Watson was a guy we happily rolled out there last week against Jacksonville. Brandon Cooks yeah. as well. Paid off almost on the first drive with a long touchdown to Cooks. Uh, kind of was kind of quiet after that. Uh, you know, can we head back to the passing game here? Cooks is kind of, tr- you know, popping up around our lineups. And then we obviously have the Duke Johnson, David Johnson situation to monitor. Yeah, I'd be happy with Cooks in any format. I think Watson, also playable probably in any format. I think we're leaning in a different direction this week. But he's just been consistent, right? You'd love to see the 10 carries last game against Jacksonville, the seven carries in the game prior to that. Uh, Houston playing for pride, basically, at this point. But it doesn't seem like they're ready to let up. So I'm still ha- I think this is still quite a good offense. It's just a matter of... Uh, the defense being able to keep them in games. Uh, this is like non-DFS related, but I want to just make a point about like sort of the direction and the trajectory that Houston's going now. It makes me concerned about just the like, player motivation going forward. Is that yesterday, you never see this, but yesterday they fired their PR director. Uh, it was a woman, and I have to feel bad. I, I can't remember her name, but I know she was the only female. Yeah, people were upset about oh, that. Oh my gosh. I mean, like everybody weighed in on their platform. Chef, they're everybody. Field the eights, like everybody. Every It was a who's who of NBA information sort of gatherers and, and influencers that just just dunked on the Texans for doing this because and then you know the players started coming out and saying that they weren't sure what's going on here and they said she wasn't a culture fit although by all accounts she was like the exact person you want in your culture I don't know <laughs> this this organization is kind of a mess I don't want to I don't want to you know put on DFS related uh, outputs on you know a, a firing like this it just speaks to a situation in uh, in Houston that is probably circling the drain. Uh, if you know, and probably I don't know, they're probably they're just they're just headed for the basement. Coming uh, off a win, dude. Coming off a big win against. I mean, scraped out a win <laughs> against Jackson, Jared Luton uh. and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it, they it, they they really really made it something. Like it wasn't. If the, at no point was that game in hand. I, like, and again, this well, guy they lost David Johnson early, Doug. They would have won by thirty had he been available the whole time right that is yeah well you, get a, you, get a squint, you, get, you definitely got to squint squint to see it uh, i did yeah. uh, i actually our system doesn't mind the houston uh plus three and a half right now but these are the situations me neither the browns stink by the way the browns have a minus 31 yes yeah, um, sometimes i mean, look differential that, over the course of the season this is just strictly numbers and i should always trust the numbers and sometimes when these situations get a little dire uh, i start to I start to worry a little bit about it. By the way, um, does like the Giants? I did mention this for the Giants. It does like the Giants plus three and a half uh, over the 
uh, over the Eagles. Last week, actually, just picked the Giants outright against Washington. Doesn't have them quite there yet, but definitely likes um, getting some points for the Giants. All right, uh, Green Bay hosts Jacksonville, the aforementioned Jags. Luton looks like he's going to be the quarterback again. The Green Bay Packers are 13-point home favorites here with a 50 over-under. Uh, we basically talked about the whole team yesterday, so if you want the Green Bay thoughts, you can head over there. We talked about Rodgers. Yeah, they're all good plays. Yeah, Rodgers, good play. Devonta Adams, great play, obviously. Aaron Jones, good play with the little caveat that just keep an eye that Jamal Williams is back from the COVID list, and they have definitely split some carries here. So I, Jones in other situations probably would have been a cash game play for me, and the talent is there. I'm, are, you, are you with me on that one? That I'm just not totally trustful of the snaps. Agreed, yeah. I mean, Williams, like when this team is doing what they want to do, Williams and Jones have split time. The potential wrinkle there is that Williams actually has been quite bad on a per-touch basis. Like, if you look back early in the season, you know, gets eight carries for 10 yards against Atlanta, six for 14 against New Orleans. Jones has certainly been more effective than that. I think you could see them move away from that kind of strict timeshare, but you might as well wait a week and see it, I think. I mean, well, I guess maybe you can't wait a week, given that this is the best possible matchup. I don't know. I, I won't be playing Jones on FanDuel in any format. 8,800 is just too much. I just, just can't do it. With Williams there at 7,100 on DraftKings, though, yeah. he's, he's certainly an interesting big tournament target at the very least, if not a, a strong cash game consideration. Close to a cash game consideration yeah, of the price. The, the price is a mistake, I think. I, like, even with the timeshare and, like, just the, you know, the nature of this, uh, this matchup, the big home favorite – you know I, all that stuff. It's it, the seventy one hundred is kind of daring you, even if you're worried a little about you know splitting carries. On the Jacksonville side, I think it's you know, I'm not. It, it's funny about this team. They're huge underdogs here. They have sort of concentrated a lot of their uh, you know production at least. James Robinson gets basically all the snaps at running back. There's very few running backs in the league right now that are getting the um, just the the running back share the 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 rushing share that he's getting. It's not always all that effective, but he carried the ball 25 times last week. Uh, you know, got uh, almost 100 yards and a touchdown. Got two targets as well. And then, what do you make of when you get a, a new quarterback who ends up targeting their best receiver 12 times? G- DJ Chark seven for 146 and a touchdown. That that's a huge amount of targets. We saw a definite shift in who was throwing the ball. Anything to mm-hmm. sort of see here in a catch up game? What's most likely going to be a catch up game for Jacksonville? Yeah, I think you got to take a long look at Shark. I think. He's shown the talent in the past, right? Um, this is not a great conversion, and it was a good matchup against Houston, but this is not a bad matchup here against Green Bay either, right? So I think Shark is is definitely worth looking at. I think cash games, it gets a little bit dicey for me just because we've seen plenty of examples of new quarterbacks doing one thing one week and then one thing the next, and I think you can get actual safety. Maybe not at this exact price point, but... I don't know. Let, let's do a quick test. So would you rather have Shark at 6,600 or would you rather have or order these guys? Shark at 6,600, Cooks at 63, Landry at 6,000 If for cash games. Oof. Yeah, it's close. I don't know. Um, Shark pretty clearly has the highest upside of that group, right? I mean, he's... The upside for sure. I don't know. Cooks, Cooks has upside too. Um, Cooks is, has put some pretty big games together at times. Yeah, sure. So, better so. quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think it probably just default... I think in that case, I'd probably, yeah, I think maybe that's it. Maybe just default the better, the best quarterback of the group, and that's Watson. Now, is it always working out for them in that respect? Okay, no. after that then, give me Shark versus Landry. Ooh, probably Landry, and I don't feel great about it. Okay, um, so we're not going to play Shark in cash then? If 
if that's how we're ordering it right now. Yeah, and if you want like another thing, like if there's like one other deciding thing is that he'll probably see Jair Alexander shadow coverage, and Alexander is one of the best rated cornerbacks, uh, cover corners on the season. So if we're just looking for another reason to sort of maybe eliminate him from that group, maybe that'll be the deciding factor for me too, is that he just draws what's clearly going to be the worst of the of just the cover stuff, the, the shadow the shadow coverage. So yeah, probably third in the list. And uh, it's just it is also something to monitor that if this is going to be look, we've seen this with quarterbacks, especially young ones, they're going to dial in onto a guy that they feel comfortable with. And Shark at least has the pedigree uh, to be able to make something happen. Maybe this isn't the mm-hmm. week, but we keep an eye on it going forward. Washington football team goes in and plays Detroit. This game waited for a while on clearing out uh, what the, what the the line was going to be because I think they're waiting on both Stafford and well okay Kyle Allen thing is done that was gruesome injury and uh, man it's like the Giants just they just killed these guys ankles did Dak dirty earlier in the year to Kyle Allen um, did Alex, I think they did Alex Smith a few years ago so Lions right now minus three and a half home favorites Stafford did he leave the game last week I think Stafford left the game early last week do you have an do you have an injury update on Stafford right now yep so Stafford did leave that game in the fourth quarter with a neck injury, but he's practicing in full this week, and it looks like he'll be all systems go going up against Washington here. Uh, Galladay's still not practicing, which is obviously noteworthy because we're going to be considering guys like Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Hawkinson once again. But at this point, it does look like Stafford will play. What do we make of last week? With no, we we wanted to get Marvin Jones in there with no Galladay. He kind of luck boxed his way into a touchdown, which helped. But then, but the real the real beneficiary was Danny Amendola, who had ten targets, seven for seventy seven, no touchdowns. He's kind of a guy that's cropping up a little bit here in cash games. Still very cheap is the is the is kind of the thing with him is that the price really hasn't moved all that much. A little bit more DraftKings than than FanDuel for sure. Amendola guy, I mean. Is it a, is a floor high enough to play him? I believe he's in the mid four thousands. But let me just look real quick. No, probably not. I think thirty nine thirty nine hundred on DraftKings. Reminding me more of like a homeless man's Seattle situation, where uh, if we don't know where the targets are going to go between Jones and Amendola and Hawkinson and those guys, then maybe it's just a tragedy of the commons. Because yeah, Amendola had ten targets last week. He also was just having four in the other sure. games that Galladay missed. Right, so it's not like like we actually do have a reasonable sample size at this point. And we have one game of, like, okay production from Amendola. I don't think you want to stick your neck out on that. I mean, 3900 is really cheap. And if we really wind up needing the money, then I can see it. But I just don't know that we're actually going to need it that badly to, uh, to really want to take the risk. Yeah. Um, what about the Washington situation here? Uh, Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin is a guy that our system likes, but I'm a little concerned that J.D. McKissick got all those targets last week. I think he got 15 targets, no, 14, something. He had some huge number. And it was basically like all when Alex Smith came in. And we know that Alex Smith is nothing if not wanting to throw yeah. the ball uh, you know, near the, near the line of scrimmage. It looks like also Antonio Gibson may have just propped up in the injury report this, or early this or late this week. So that's mm-hmm. a uh, situation we want to monitor. Where do we stand on a guy like McKissick here? Quarterback change, lots of targets. And by the way, it's worth noting here on, on Gibson and McKissick, they shared the field a lot last week. There was, um, I think the, the yeah, Washington ran something like 54 offensive plays, but they combined for 70 snaps, which means they just were on, like they, were, they lined up McKissick in the slot a lot uh, as a wide receiver. Where do we stand on a guy like him? Because this is, this, I find this to be sort of interesting here, especially in a PPR format. Yeah, he's a guy I could get more excited about, I think, because I think there's a lot of context around why his production went up. The fact that Alex Smith can't throw downfield, I think, is a, a prime reason there. The speculation right now is that Antonio Gibson got injured during that Giants game because 
he so he only had the nine touches, which was under our expectation for sure. It wasn't reported, but that feels like the only plausible reason he would get scaled back so badly and then walk into this week, be missing practices. Yeah. Uh, like he didn't practice at all on Wednesday. We're recording this Thursday, so right now we don't know what the practice workload looked like throughout the week. If he misses the next two practices, then McKissick, I think, is almost an automatic cash game play on DraftKings. And I think you can even consider it on FanDuel if uh, if Gibson were to miss because the targets are really what you're looking at, right? Um, there's every reason to believe that that will continue here. Perfectly fine matchup against Detroit. Yeah, I, I, I could get excited about that for sure. I'll tell you right now, it wouldn't take much. We have Gibson playing, and McKissick is close for us on DraftKings. And yeah. if he were to miss, I mean, I could be correct. Probably, it could be correct to just play him even if Gibson plays. And we might see like you know Peyton Barber kind of crop back up. We know we know he completely sucks, so I'm not sure. too worried about like that situation. So that's definitely a hundred percent a situation that we're going to want to monitor. I think I am going to probably end up bumping down Terry McLaurin because I'm a little concerned about like the quality of his targets decreasing, mm-hmm. the, the, the nature of his targets decreasing uh, with Alex Smith under center. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay goes in and plays Carolina. Tampa Bay is five point home, excuse me, five point road favorites here against the Panthers. We know we got the news early, like you said, that Christian McCaffrey is going to miss this game. I think that just locks and loads us into Mike Davis. It's a terrible defensive matchup. We get it. And I mean, specifically DraftKings, they just the second McCaffrey got back, they just dumpstered his price, and then it just didn't they didn't have time to recorrect it. Like he's back to four thousand, he's going to be one hundred percent playing DraftKings, right? Like, there's yeah. is there anything to even think about here? I, they nope. just it was they were so quick on they were so quick to pivot off that price. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing to think about. <laughs> You're going to play Davis on FanDuel and DraftKings in cash games, and he should have huge ownership in big tournaments as well. Like you said, it's not exactly risk free just because of the matchup, but the price point probably makes it that way and the game rates to be close enough that it's not like Carolina's just going to be shipping it through the air constantly uh curious to know what you think about McCaffrey's absence meaning for guys like Robbie Anderson or even Curtis Samuel right uh Samuel had his biggest week of the season last week he's been showing flashes from time to time he's up you know came out of college with this kind of reputation as a potential explosive playmaker last game against Kansas City nine catches for 105 yards and a touch you know he's cheap are you? What are you thinking about these guys? Well, three rushes too. Uh, like they, right. they're trying to get him involved. One of the and the rushing touchdown. Oh, was it? It wasn't a rushing touchdown. Maybe they got he had one back. earlier he, this season. And yeah, I, it was I think like it was that Thursday sweep. night game. Yeah, yeah. It's a jet. There's like the jet sweep stuff. He's like, it's not like you know stri- uh, traditional carries out of. He's the not running field. draws. I, yeah. No, no, no. I did find it interesting. I mean, he's on the field a lot, so that's good. Uh, the targets were good. I, it's, it still seems a little risky because it was DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson there, but it's clear they want to get him involved. I don't think I'd do that in cash, but there's de- 100% there's definitely upside uh, on this guy. And remember, like McCaffrey, you know, he got the 10 targets last week, but then, you know, Robbie Anderson still had 13 targets. Um, and I, see, I hate the matchup with a fiery passion. And I have a feeling that if we play Anderson in cash, we're going to be the only ones. Yeah, I pointed but, out, though, Anderson was good when they met earlier this season. And I agree with you. There's also, you know, quietly a handful of mounts to feed there now, too, right? I mean, Moore hasn't been getting a lot of target share recently, but he certainly could. And right. yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just not worth. Like, whatever upside you're trying to realize here is probably not worth the downside of it being a week where it's your turn to get four targets, right? Yeah, I mean, staring at two Carolina guys, I, I get the prices matter. So I'm, I'm totally we got to play Davis, but yeah, outside of, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like two couple Carolina guys going against the best, you know, arguably the best defense in football. Yeah. Oh, they looked, I mean, they looked rough uh, last week against New Orleans. 
On the other side of the ball, I'm really curious about how close maybe Leonard Fournette is to a cash game play. It mm. really looks like after Ronald Jones had, uh, you know, has more fumbling issues two weeks ago, Fournette came in right away, and that was basically the end of Jones uh, in that game. And then Fournette started last game against New Orleans as the starter. Uh, he did. I mean, if you for, he had one carry for zero yards, they were getting killed. But this is a better matchup. It does feel like Fournette's the guy. We could probably, see, we should probably see double-digit carries. I'm just not sure if it's still too risky because Ronald Jones still exists, and the fact that he exists makes me you know, concerned. But I don't know. Fournette kind of feels close. Well, you saying cash. that he could see double-digit carries makes me feel pretty concerned because yeah. if I'm going to play 6,400 for a running back, they either be better be like getting 10 plus targets recently or getting 10 or more carries. Like I really, really ideally like 15. And he did that against the Giants. It wasn't especially effective either, I should add. Uh, Tampa Bay has not been very good at running the ball this season. His best game so far was actually against the Panthers in a similar matchup. A lot of that came down to one really long touchdown run. It was like 64 yarder or something, right? So um, I don't know. I mean, he'd certainly be getting the targets. Probably makes him a better DraftKings play than FanDuel play. But the Bucks carried the ball five times last week. Like, this is not a team that's going to, like, we're going to establish the run and then see what happens. Like they were like fall down by seven points and they're like, well, we're never going to carry the ball again. So you guys try to stay warm in case we need you, but no promises. Yeah. The target six, six and seven targets over the last three weeks is, is a lot. I, I don't know. I, this one's, this one's close. I, the matchup's good. Well, I'll probably end up discussing this one Saturday morning. Saturday, geez, Sunday morning, uh, depending on some of the other, this one's going to probably depend on what the other, Mm -hmm. um, other injury situations, kind of how they shake out. Because if we start losing guys like Chase Edmonds because Kenny and Drake's back or th- things like that, then I don't know. We start the, the the list of running backs that you can feel comfortable with at their price points starts to really, really dwindle. So uh, we'll talk about that. I don't know what to do with this passing game. And they have Antonio Brown there now. They don't want to throw to Mike Evans. They have Godwin. No one gets, seems to get targets. Gronk's still like the have <laughs> the target guy, even though they have oh, these like crazy great stable wide receivers. I. You just can't trust anything on this team at this point, specifically through the air. Yeah, I'm. that's exactly how I feel pretty much. I don't, and even if you could, like there might be a good play. This is certainly an offense that's capable of generating like a really good big tournament winning option. It's boring to say, I don't know which one, so you're just going to have to throw a dart, but that's just how I feel. I think it really could be anyone in any given week with the possible exception of Mike Evans, who just seems to be totally off Tom Brady's radar right so yeah uh yeah I'm not I'm not going to be playing any bucks though uh do uh system does like Tampa Bay minus five and a half on the road here hmm. so don't mind that line um which I was a little surprised to see but uh that's just I think it's, I think it's born a lot of the defense uh actually they started at minus six it's down to minus five so um minus five probably gets a little bit closer but uh still probably like that number Oh, no, excuse me. I, that, that was, I split that the wrong way. Minus five would make that number more attractive. Apologies about that. Uh, all right, let's keep going here. We have Chargers go in and play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are two and a half point home favorites coming off a week where we saw Tua you know, greatly increase and uh, probably the confidence around his ability uh, to be an NFL quarterback. I don't think there was you know, one week isn't going to tell a story in any of these guys, but right. uh, Tua, definitely, Tua definitely looked better in, this, in his second game than he did in his first. Ended up being, you know, the, the passing is probably, yeah, 28, 20 for 28, two passing touchdowns. Actually, the encouraging thing, too, got out and ran a lot, seven rushes for 35 yards. I think this is probably the exact version of the guy they wanted to see that they didn't see the week before. Uh, the Chargers are still a pretty bad defense. I mean, where do we rank? to a in terms probably not cash game play but no. um 
you know, in terms of projecting him going forward, I, you know, where do we want to be on the on the passing attempts and the rushing uh, the rushing attempts too? Because this is the kind of quarterback that we look for, and right now uh, the Chargers are you know below average, if not terrible. You know, they're they're just average on defense. Yeah, I think something like twenty six passing attempts, five carries would be reasonable. Could be much more. Like he's an obvious big tournament target. Can't play him in cash. Not after what we saw against the Rams. Like if, if we know that they're they're really gonna or the potential is there for them to rein him in when the game script warrants it, you're just going to be miserable running him out there in cash. It was cool to see. Like, it's really nice to know that it's possible for him to open it up a little bit more like he did against the Cardinals. But I just don't see a world where you're happy plugging him in in cash. It could work, and maybe people will do it. It just seems like unnecessary risk to me. Can't touch anything with this rushing game. Jordan Howard got 10 carries. He stunk. Uh, Salvin Ahmed got seven carries, was okay. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Laird barely saw the field. If you're just gonna have, a, but if you're just gonna have a quarterback that runs the ball a lot too, it's just gonna, it's just gonna decrease the expectation there. So I don't think, um, I don't think there's really much to see with the running game. And then the targets, you like to see that Devontae Parker, Parker was the lead guy and was really efficient, six for sixty-four. I'm just not sure they're ever gonna have the amount of passing attempts you need. Is that fair? Like, yeah, that, just that, twenty-eight that, passing attempts last week in a game that was that back and forth with, you know, ultimately a really high total. This is very unencouraging, right? Yeah. Like this is this is next to no production at all, given how many points the Dolphins scored. So I'm totally off it here. Yep, uh, I, I agree with that. What about the Chargers? We talked about maybe Keenan Allen yesterday. Uh, yeah. By the way, the Chargers. If there's a crazier team with like not knowing what the running back situation is is going into a certain week. Uh, this is it because last week you get. Um, Kalen Balaj, who basically comes out of nowhere and outs, doesn't outsnap uh, Josh Kelly, but outsnaps Justin Jackson, who I look, looks like they're going to sit Jackson this week. And then the week before was the Trumaine Pope, who just comes out of nowhere. Uh, you know, guys that just like no one expected to get any carries end up sort of leading the team in carries. Does that just make the whole situation too much? You just can't trust it at all, and mm-hmm. you just have to kind of maybe just look to the passing game because I, I, I'm not, I'm almost out of the speculating on Chargers carries game at this point. Yeah, I couldn't care less about these Chargers running backs for DFS. I'm not even interested in trying to guess right because it's not like you're guaranteed a big tournament winning a performance, even if you do, right? So, yeah, don't care at all. Uh, Keenan Allen, definitely interesting to me. Still strong cash game consideration. People will look at Hunter Henry just because he's a tight end with a pulse who probably has a floor of four targets and a ceiling of eight or something. It hasn't really mattered. He's turned it into 40 or fewer receiving yards in five straight games now, but, you know, maybe he'll punch in the occasional touchdown. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, and Justin Herbert is going to keep being interesting, too, because he throws the ball in an exciting way. He can get out and run a little bit as well. So uh, he'll be – people will be tempted there. i probably just prefer, like, a less exciting guy like Watson or something at a similar price point, but people will be tempted for sure. Yeah, Keenan Allen's just been great this season. No other yeah, way around. He's, a great he's um, just one of the best, and it's it, having it come from a rookie quarterback is just all that much more encouraging. It's just been week after mm-hmm. week. Besides the back spasm week, uh, his numbers have just been as good as any other wide receiver in the entire game. So I think he's just a week to week cash consideration, second in the league right now in targets. And um, yeah, I mean, well, not per game because that's the, that's Devontae Adams, but like yeah, just second overall uh in overall targets this season and it, and like i said that's and he basically missed the game so yeah you have to put him up there with the very elite guys and if, if you're able to save enough on DraftKings, then that's really where you want to be on the ppr stuff 
Bills go in and play the Cardinals. This game has its highest total of the slate at 56. It started at 52, ramped up four points almost right away. Uh, they Right now, the Cardinals are slight home favorites at minus two over Buffalo. Buffalo coming off the week where we saw Josh Allen as big chalk against the Seahawks, and rightfully so. Uh, where do you want to start with this game? I think there's probably stuff to discuss on both sides. We have to. Uh, well, we already talked at length about Kyler Murray yesterday's cash. He's just going to be our cash game quarterback. So, you know, full full stop after that. Um, but after him, where do you want to start on, in terms of trying to, you know, maybe try to get a little bit more piece of the scoring upside in this game? Right on. So the all eyes will be immediately drawn to the running game in Arizona where Kenyon Drake was limited in practice on Wednesday. It's not clear how that's going to shake out before Sunday's game. So we just got to, unfortunately... Try to be patient here. Really hope it doesn't wind up being a game-time decision, which can happen with these 4 o'clock games. Uh, if we get news, then Edmonds is sort of an automatic play once again, given the just the overall opportunity he had last week. If Drake is questionable over a game-time decision, I don't think you can go there. But you do have to keep an eye on it because if Drake is ruled out Sunday morning, let's say, you could be missing out on some very good chalk if Edmonds does wind up getting those reins. Um Outside of him, the passing game situation is something I'm curious to know your opinion on. We've seen Hopkins be really elite wide receiver one type guy early in the season. The opportunity and the performance has really been vacillating all over the place in the last three weeks, right? So super inefficient against Dallas and what ought to have been a good matchup. He was phenomenal against Seattle. And then he goes back to basically disappearing completely in the Dolphins game which, you know, with the game script, the opponent, and so on, really should have been a game where he shined, right? Um, right. Very, very troubling to me. And I don't know if, and unfortunately, when you have a really big-name guy kind of fall off the radar a little bit, it also leaves you in a position where you're like, well, do we trust the Christian Kirk eight targets in big Miami game? Or could he go back to disappearing once Hopkins is right? Like, what are you making of all this right now? Yeah, I mean, it's you can't put him in... You can't put him in the Devontae Adams, uh, Keenan Allen group for sure because short of this stuff happening with injury, these guys, that, these games just haven't happened for those guys. So he's not in that group. He's probably more now in hmm, – I don't want to put him in like the Seattle wide receiver group in terms of like choosing between those right. guys, but pro- probably like it's probably a similar situation to that. I'd probably put him in line with a guy like Diggs at this point too, right? Like just in terms of targets that are – consistent but can maybe kind of fall off you know from time to time but not all that often I don't know if that's like a fair grouping but by the way when you put him in the when you put him in that next group it makes him really hard to play for the price that he's that he's costing you right so like that's that's really the problem you run into where he's 8600 and the other guys I met this on Fandle 8600 and the other guys I mentioned are you know 500 to to, you know 500 to 600 dollars cheaper so I think from that standpoint, it's pretty easy to not have to even think about it for cash games. And he has as much upside. It's just two games removed from 12 targets and 10 catches. So it's, it's definitely there. They just have these few other guys. Like Kirk has eight, eight, eight targets in each of the last two games. And I don't know. If you're going to see more consistency around some of these other wide receivers, then you just can't put them in the same group as the other guys. Yep, I feel the same way. Um, if we're comparing Kirk to that, you know, Landry, Cooks, 
shark group? Is he at the bottom of that group for you? Yeah, yeah, because I would say he's he's the bottom of that group because of Hopkins. It's weird. Of course, it's like yeah. they yeah they cancel each other out. So like where those other guys are not very good and not on very good teams, where they have little competition, least, right? Yeah, right. There's not there's there's few other places to go. These other you know a guy like Kirk still has to contend with having DeAndre Hopkins around. And if mm-hmm. Hopkins ever draws a favorable matchup yeah. or the scheme just favors right. him, you're, he, Kirk could just not see the ball at all. So I think that is the I think that is the major difference between okay. those guys. By the way, yeah, on the other side of the ball, Diggs is actually leading the, the NFL in targets at this point with 91. Uh, he's been awesome. I think he might lead in yards too. Uh, yeah, he's the overall leader, the receiving leader in targets and yards, Three touchdowns, which is around where the rest of this group is when you get to those amount of targets uh, and yards. Uh, where do we rank Diggs? Diggs actually in a in a few different optimal, uh, two different calculations here is coming into cash games. Uh, it's not a hundred percent play, but he's creeping around there at seventy five hundred on DraftKings. Feels correct. Yeah, I'm into it. I think you can't deny it at this point, right? He's showing up every single week, basically matchup independent. Uh, his lowest targets on the season is six, which isn't good, but. Um, it's still well within the realm of what you'd hope for from a top overall wide receiver option. He's cheaper than the most expensive guys, you know, falling still below 8,000 on both sites. So yeah, I, th- I think he's very playable. And I don't think the touchdown issues should be, there's nothing like endemic to his skill set that makes one believe that that should be a, a pattern going forward, right? Like three is okay, but you'd really like six at this point in the season for the guy who's leading the league in targets. Right. But I think that that will return to expectation, and, and you can make a strong argument that he's actually run bad on targets of, or on touchdowns. So I think so. I think so. He's he's part of their down and close packages. It's just that uh, you know he consistently leads the team in wide receiver snaps. It's just that you know with Allen too, like they just they do end up running the ball. They do end up running the ball in a decent amount with, with Josh Allen on the ground. So he that kind of bites into it. And I think that uh, I think that you probably should see an increase in. In, tar- in per game touchdowns going forward, just because, like you said, it's, it doesn't stand a reason. It does stand a reason that we're, we're trending on the low side with where he exists here. Can't trust the running game, even though they do seem to be moving more in the Zach Moss direction, but not enough that you could ever. Well, yeah, unfortunately, Moss is just getting those goal line carries, which is just basically ruining the day for everyone else who, you know, if you drafted Devin Singletary in a season long league, um, he even vulture, if you want to consider it vulturing, he takes those touchdowns from Josh Allen as well. With Moss with four touchdowns so far on the year, three of those in the last two games. So, yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate circumstance. But, yes, you definitely cannot play him in cash games. No, no, 100% no. And uh, like I said, I think I wouldn't mind seeing like a – I definitely wouldn't mind seeing in cash games if the, if, the, um, if the Drake thing works out, something like Murray, Edmonds, and then Diggs running it back. Like that would feel – like a pretty safe place to start, I think, for cash games. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, if, not, maybe if Diggs, if Diggs doesn't come up the price of Devontae Adams or something like that, but um, I thought that feels like the way this game script could go. That feels like a place where you'd want to be. Denver goes in and plays Vegas. Vegas is minus five home favorites. It's over under is at fifty one right now. Usually home favorites like this is where we want to start looking really closely at a running back. And Josh Jacobs has felt like in the past a guy who would get bell cow stuff and kind of away you go. Last week played, you know, only about half the snaps in the game. I get that the script was weird and the weather was weird. Um, the game before, real quick, he had 31 carries. <laughs> so, like, I don't know where mm-hmm. we want to land with Josh Jacobs here. 
because minus five home favorite in a you know, fine-ish matchup against Denver. Not great. The defense has been okay uh, there. Maybe they're even better than okay. Let me just look real quick. Yeah, they're top 10 defense on the season. I don't know. Where do you land with a guy like Josh Jacobs in terms of where we want to set his opportunity? Yeah, I can't say I'm excited about playing Jacobs just with Devontae Booker sort of lurking there. Uh, Booker, eight touches last week, six the week before, five before that, eight before that. So it's not a full-on timeshare, and you might even not even call Jacobs a two down back, but if he's like a 2.2 down back or something, that is at least somewhat problematic, right, when comparing him to the top overall guys. I think it would be closer for me, and I'd be looking a lot larger longer and harder at this if the matchup were better but I think all those factors taken together both Booker outgaining him last week Jacobs being in a tough matchup here not exactly being cheap I think when that all adds together the sum of it is a guy who I'm not interested in playing in cash Uh, for big tournaments sure you know if anyone who can get 30 touches in a game ought to be in your big tournament rotation but is he one of the top two or three guys I don't see that right now yeah, it's weird because like the price is is not bad here. Seventy five hundred on Fanduel, you don't mind it. I think there's overall. I think Denver rates is just good enough uh, in term in terms of their overall defense. Though they do have allowed a lot of opponents plays per game. What about Denver side? The Vegas is not like Vegas has any great shakes here on defense. This game does look like it's going to have a fair amount of points scored. A little more on the Vegas side, obviously, but they're giving Denver some credit for production from an offense that you know doesn't typically deserve to have a lot of credit given to them uh, anything here like the wide receiver situation i think we saw yeah, yeah. did we discuss jerry judy yesterday because we did not discuss that, jerry judy at 14 targets last week that's probably a mistake um 14 targets last week 10 the week before that right so now you have 24 total targets over the last two games it was great against atlanta i don't know i mean it's you know he's a young guy we oftentimes see these young wide receivers emerge late in the season like i'm thinking of aj brown last year I don't know that you want to pencil him in for A.J. Brown's production as the season closed last year, but certainly more than the two catches for 20 yards or whatever that he had been getting from time to time early in the season. I think, you know, something like a nine target expectation is probably correct. And that, I don't know if that puts him in cash games for us, but he's certainly right there in that group we discussed earlier between like Landry, Shark, and well, Cooks. I'll like, tell you right now, he's the same price as Cooks on DraftKings. Who would you feel better about playing here, Jerry, Judy? Well, I'd or... rather play Cooks probably, but I think that I'd, I'd like Judy second in that group of the guys we've discussed so far. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty close. I think we have Cooks. We're going to end up having Cooks for a few more points. Um, but Now yeah. back on quarterback play again, right, with Cooks. like He, he just has definitively the best quarterback yeah, that's in fair. that group. And then the rest of them are all pretty similar, right? Between Mayfield and Drew Locke. Jake Luton's probably almost clearly the worst guy. And, yeah, and I like Judy just on a talent level and on the on a trajectory level better than those other guys, I think. For sure. Um, he's got a, This is a good matchup. This is an interesting one. For some reason, he's getting a little bit of a downgrade in our system on the cornerback play. I have to look into that. Uh, but after that, you can't do, can't do anything here with the running game. They're just The Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon show continues to just be, like you mentioned, the tragedy of the commons before. It's a good way to put it, although it's kind of like an insult to the commons. These guys have just been pretty bad. But, the, um, <laughs> yeah, I just I, nothing else I really want to see here. Oh, you know, I will. One other thing is they – Noah Fant left the game early last week. I think he's going to play, but they lost. I can never pronounce this guy's name. The other guy, the Albert, and these guys. Oh, Oku, what, I can't pronounce his name. Yep, last name. You got it. Yeah, no, um, okay. he's he's out for the season. <laughs> I don't know. People did play Fant last week. He left the game early with only three targets. Does he fit into that Hunter Henry group, Evan Ingram group again for for tight ends, or is this kind of? He played yeah. a lot of the snaps, but I think he was playing a little banged up. 
Yep, he's in that group. I don't like him best. And you only have to play one tight end, blessedly. Imagine playing like a... No, we run the three tight end league. Like, well, um, it's a real testament to how bad this, the, the position is because DraftKings typically just dumpsters these guys on price to begin with. And the fact that... And that some and some weeks, even last year, we're like, oh man, it's doing the double tight end build again. But all these guys have been so bad that even <laughs> at the minimums, that it's not even... It's like, don't even bother. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's really... We are kind of nearing. I, I, we got to be nearing the end of this position, right? Like I, I just don't. Like Fanduel finally just called the ball and got rid of kickers, and so did Draft. Like, yeah, they did this with catchers at some point. Like right? at some point, so. they just got to say, like, look, there's like three of these guys that are good. Like everyone hates the position. Like I don't know. Just get. I, we complain about it every week. I'm kind of getting getting tired of complaining about, it, but they're forcing our hands, James. They just they won't take away the position. It's, <laughs> it's not our fault. Go complain to the go complain. Oh, but you just reminded me when we had to play kickers, though, so that made me feel a little bit better. But at least with kickers, I just kind of just said whoever's team's projected for the most points and where the price works out. It was like a pretty easy division. Yeah, but problem. it was totally random. Especially making big tournament lineups was a total joke. That's You'd be like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna have these ten lineups where they're all the players are identical, but I have to switch up the kickers because. One guy could score 22 points. Yeah. That's so stupid. That's good. I'm still doing kickers in season long, and they lose like 10. In our league, they lose 10 points if you miss an extra point. It's a disaster. I hate it. I, it's almost sometimes like feels like not even <laughs> worth it to play. Thanks a lot, Chris Durrell, for making that stupid rule. All right, yeah, Bengals, uh, Bengals and Steelers. We mentioned the COVID concerns here with the Steelers. I'm not sure where we stand here Thursday morning. With their, you know, the facilities are closed. I know Vance McDonald got COVID. He sat next to Ben on the plane, and that he was that was a close contact. They were kissing, tracing. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the this line did drop from Steelers minus ten to Steelers minus seven on that concern, specifically around Big Ben. This is where the line starts moving. It's like the, mm-hmm. the, if there's a chance he's not going to play, then you got to really start downgrading this stuff. I'm just going to say Steelers are wait and see here. I, I don't really want to even yep. speculate. It's um, I will I'll say, I'll say we'll say one thing about the Steelers though because it doesn't have to do so much with the COVID piece. It's that last week we were fine playing James Conner in cash against. Uh, it was last week or two weeks ago. I think it was last week, um, and he. Basically, only split the snaps again. I think we need. Well, to thankfully, be- we didn't actually play him. But yes, we we had certainly discussed it long and hard. The price has come down. That should have been a good matchup, right, against Dallas. And he played half I think the snaps. Yeah, he played half I the know. snaps. Yeah. And, and Snell is just better on a per touch basis too. And you know, if we've seen one thing in the NFL in the seven years we've been doing this business, is that it doesn't take much for a team to be like. And there's a new guy who's the <laughs> top running back on our team. Literally happened with James Conner, right? Like he just showed up. He was a nobody. And then all of a sudden he was a household name in the fantasy community. Uh, thankfully, Snell didn't actually carry the ball that often last week. Like he only had three actual rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. That game just wound up being weird enough, a few enough possessions that the whole running game was kind of quieted. But um, yeah, Conner's relegated to big tournaments for me. And, and I think he's a great play in big tournaments, I should say. Like, there, he is a guy that should have relatively low ownership, where he's relatively cheap as well, that could have the highest overall running back game on the week. Like, that's absolutely in play here. But for cash, no way. Not You cannot play a guy who can get nine carries in for 7,600. Yeah, Cincinnati's the 29th ranked defense in the season. They stink. Uh, that's the, pretty much the whole story there. Yeah. Uh, and then I really, I'm not running any of these Cincinnati guys into Pittsburgh. The defense has been just too good. I, like I, Even I, if Mixon sits, Mixon currently questionable, uh, was limited to individual drills in practice. You were higher on was, Gio Bernard last time around than I was. Um, and I was right. He, he did yeah, He did score. He touched the ball 19 times. I, it was a little disconcerting that Samaj Pirine got you know, 10, of the, 10 carries, so it wasn't – 
it wasn't an every down thing. And Bernard, he touched the ball eighteen times and then nineteen times in the following game. Like he was just good. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's fine. I just the price I'm, has come up. But. I'm not doing it against the Steelers defense. I'm even okay. I think there's I think we can just find uh, other avenues to go. And yes, you can take your victory lap because you wanted to play. Yeah, your Bernard in cash right. last week, and you luck boxed your way into a correct decision. I didn't want to play him in cash last week, I don't think. All right, two weeks ago. He was on the bye. Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. All right, uh, Saints go in and play the Niners. This game is minus 10 home favorites in favor of the, uh, the Saints. They have a really high total here, butting up against 30 implied points. They do have they get Michael Thomas back, back last week when they just ran or, or just kind of you know, scored all over Tampa Bay. What do we do with this offense now? Uh, Kamara... The rushing attempts were he was twelve. This yeah he was, he was no sorry I'm two weeks I'm two weeks wrong here. Um, that was twelve and thirteen the week before. Sorry about that. I should have this ready. Uh, yeah he only, he was out carried by Latavius Murray last week, but they were, the game was completely over. Right, like they they just had no reason to run Kamara. Right. Got nine targets, so you like to see that. So he touched the ball. No, excuse me, he got six targets. He touched the ball fifteen times. I'm all over the place here with the Kamara thing. Uh, and then Thomas comes back and gets six targets, but the game was really decided. So I uh, what do we want to do here with the Saints? Offense? Do we want to play any of these guys in cash? Like Kamara? Like is he a good spend up option, or is the, the no, Thomas thing so. back? I think the whole it was nothing but bad signs for me for the Saints' offense, which sounds strange to say, considering how badly they walloped the arguably best defense in the league last week. But the two things I'm looking at that just introduce enough uncertainty for me. First of all, was the snaps for Thomas? Um, I believe he only played half the snaps. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess it was over at halftime. So, for some reason, I read this that he had only played half the snaps in the first half. I think Thomas coming back makes me not want to play Kamara. So, that's for starters. Um, I think Kamara was already, in my mind, sort of a fringe play. It was very, very target-dependent, and Thomas rules that out for me. And then the real question on Thomas is, you know, he's still limited in practice, still coming off injury. Do we want to just roll him out there? We only have two games on Thomas so far, but he hasn't been good in either of them. But he had the same really bad matchup in both of them, too. Um, yeah, because you can't play two really expensive wide receivers, right? So we already talked about Adams as sort of the de facto pay-up wide receiver option in cash. Thomas is $1,000 cheaper, though, and was a higher pick than him going into the season. I don't know. I I feel like it's a stay away for one more week, but you might feel differently. No, nah, it's a stay away for one more week. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to do it. Um, you get some blowout concerns here again. Um, there's just there. We just don't have. We haven't seen enough of it. I hate to be the guy that says I need to see it first because I usually hate that. But I'm gonna say I need to see it first here. There's just it's just, it's just such a weird situation that he's sort of on the outs with the team. That shouldn't affect the targets really all that much. But there's just been other weird stuff that's been going on. It's the injury plus there's personality issues. I don't know. This team's weird. So uh, I think I'm gonna even though it's, it feels nuts because they're in they have such a high implied total. I think we kind of get lucky that a lot of them are just expensive and there are other good plays. And that's kind of where I land on the San Francisco mm-hmm. side. Look, they last week they played and got Rich, R- Richie James Jr. was like just the second coming of uh, Jerry Rice. He was unbelievable. He had 13 targets, nine receptions, 184 yards, a touchdown, total slate breaker on that single game slate. I want to say we had him in our top uh, in our showdown lineup at $200 on DraftKings. So that was a that was a winner there. Let's go, baby. But uh, but I, but I got to caution everybody here because Brandon Ayuk was out and Debo Samuel was out with COVID stuff last week, and they're both back this week. So you just can't – Richie James, I, I get that it was a really nice story, but he's just 
he's still the third wide receiver behind this other group. So oh, not, yeah. nice story for a week, and I just don't – you're not going to go there, and I'm not really sure what else you're doing here. If, I mean, maybe Ayuk is a pretty exciting player. He had some nice games. Um, the Nick Mullins thing I don't find to be a huge downgrade off of Garoppolo. No, not for Ayuk. Yeah, so I'm not, like, really worried about that. And uh, maybe just getting everyone sort of healthy-ish here matters. I don't know. Like, Bourne and Ayuk had 10 targets each last game. Um, is Ayuk a guy we can consider? And, again, they're probably going to be playing catch-up. Good, good conditions also. I think you can consider him if Samuel were to miss. Um, Samuel mispracticed on Wednesday, but I wouldn't say we know definitively whether he's going to return. If Samuel comes back, you know, and honestly, the Richie James thing, I don't think you can play him, but the fact that he was really good last week means that he almost certainly should see some more snaps, right? Like, like, and if he takes three targets off the table from these guys, it starts to add up for a team that... Yeah doesn't really want to pass the ball a ton anyway, right? So I think it depends on how many cooks are in the kitchen. If you, if you see Samuel miss, then I think Ayuk is a solid play. He's still probably back in the middle of that, you know, now log jam of 6,000-ish wide receivers that we see, but um, but would be playable. So, yeah, it's a, it's a dicey situation. Uh, what do you make of the running backs, though? Ugh. Because that's been a full-on carousel as well, and we saw – McKinnon kind of returned from the dead last week to touch the ball 16 times. He's still super cheap. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't trust anything about the situation because they're not forthright about who's going to play in any given week. So I just don't like, you know, two yeah, weeks, two weeks before that, it, not like they need to be. I'm just like saying when you just try like there's, you know, they're not, they're not contractually obligated to tell you what the game plan is. But two weeks before McKinnon doesn't barely plays at all because they say he has tired legs, but you don't find that out till Monday. And then, you know, there's Jeffrey Wilson had come and gone. I know he's hurt, but they just are have been a constant carousel of running backs over the years with no rhyme, no perceived rhyme or reason heading into it about why one guy would play over the other. So while McKinnon was the guy last week, uh, I just don't, I'm just not, I'm not inclined to try to really guess at like if, the, if, it, if those carries are going to go right back to the same way and it's not going to be Jermichael Hasty again this week, right? They just, they just, they just change stuff up too much. So long way to say, I don't trust it at all. I don't want any part of it uh, in cash games. I'm not even really sure I want it from an upside standpoint because it's so, it's so, so, so risky. Final game is Seattle goes in and plays the Rams. Rams are minus two home favorites here against the Seattle defense that has absolutely given it up to other opposing teams this year. It's it's unbelievable. This is actually one of the main reasons Russ has been such a good fantasy quarterback because they just constantly right. have to stay like with their foot pounded all the way <laughs> down on the gas because they just they just give it up every single game. It's it's unreal. They give up a ton of opposing plays. We said it yesterday. They're giving up almost 74 plays per game, which is six plays more than the next closest team. Uh, almost like a full, yeah, full 16 more than the, some of the better teams. It, it's just unbelievable. That being said, we talked about Cooper Cup. This is a situation where I want to be like, oh man, maybe we should have more Rams. And I don't know. Maybe if Daryl Henderson sits, we can feel better about Malcolm Brown. But after Cup, like, not even golf. I'm not even sure I want to play golf, even though, again, other teams have just dialed it up against the Seahawks. Yeah, I think your take is pretty much correct. I think Cup is a great play, although he's currently listed as questionable with an oblique injury. So I suppose we'll have to wait and see there. But um, I don't see any reason to re stick your neck out, certainly not on the running game. And a quarterback like golf is whatever. But, you know, like we've talked about many times, if you're not going to get out there and do something with your feet, it lowers both your floor and ceiling so dramatically, right? Um, like he threw for 355 yards last week and had 12 fantasy points. Granted, he turned the ball over four times, 
but say he only turned it over once, that would be 18 fantasy points. That's awful. Right. You know, <laughs> like that's that's a nearly a disaster. Um, so maybe you can do some sort of goofy stack for big tournaments, but he just turns the ball over enough that like it's not unreasonable to think he'll still have two turnovers in a game where he gets 380 yards and three touchdowns. So I really don't see what you're trying to link together by playing Goff. Um, on the Seattle side of the ball, though, you know, the Rams defense has been pretty tough, but they've obviously generated a ton of fantasy value. Do you have a gut feeling on the, the Metcalf versus Lockett sweepstakes this week? Are you seeing something we could think about for the running game? Like, is there anything we can do with an offense this good here? Man, it is so hard to figure out who's going to get the ball. Uh, like, I just don't. It, on all sides of the, in all facets, right? Yeah. <laughs> like both like the I, running backs and the wide receivers. It's just, it, it's, it, it's so crazy. It's almost like, it's not like an every other week kind of thing, but it does feel like when one guy's the popular play, the other guy, it's like they almost know. And then they just go the other way because it's almost the other team is like everyone's playing Lockett. So we got to double up on Lockett and then Metcalf kills him. It's really, really weird. Like Lockett was pretty chalky play last week and, um, and just nothing really happened. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you just flip a coin and just like run tournament lineups where you have one and then have the other and sort of like just try. I know the prices are different. So you have to make a few other, you know, differences in your lineup but i don't have uh, no i I don't know this this is kind of a cop out but i don't have a good feel for it because i haven't had a good feel for it all season and i'm sort of just kind of i don't know uh, ptsd about trying to pick which one of these guys is gonna be good in a given week because i I personally have not been correct yet when i do when i've when i've made it when i've made a stand (laughs) i i've been wrong each guy i've been correct every week but yes well maybe i should just like make a stand right now and then quietly (laughs) right at the end switch it to the other guy but then it would screw up because it it wouldn't even work in my favor it would still go the other way because i'm snake bit like that um running game uh you have to keep an eye out here Uh, chris carson and Hyde, uh, they're still kind of injured they both mispracticed on wednesday it's it's a total s show and you got to wait until sunday probably to know for sure if anybody is like game time decision you cross the whole team off so but if they do say we we miss Hyde, and we miss carson once again you know, people stuck their neck out on DJ Dallas and, you know, kind of snuck in on the back of a touchdown. He's still cheap, though. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are always drawn in by the savings. But God, was I so annoyed on? about that touchdown? I, yeah, like, I was so lucky, right? That was ridiculous. I was, I, I, I mean, we talked at length about it. He carried the ball seven times. He stunk. I, like, I don't know. I, I, get, I get that he was a decent play and everything. And we really talked about him at length. The Travis Homer thing was what kind of ruined me on him. It didn't ruin him for anybody else. And then it was really looking correct. And then he scored the touchdown. So what are you going to do? It's yeah, I got I to gotta say that was an emotional roller coaster because we talked about it at length. You know, I was more on the DJ Dallas side than you were. And then you texted me. But you, you, you made the good case, I think, that Homer's there and so on. And uh, you texted me like 10 minutes in, like, uh, Dallas is chalk. So it's my bad there. And I responded. I said, I don't think it's your bad. I think you were right. I think we landed on the right decision. You know, they were splitting opportunity. Homer wind up with nine touches. So did Dallas, right? So, like, like if you're telling me that there was a $5,600 running back that was going to get nine touches in a game, I would be fist-pumping all the way to the bank if, you know, more than half of the field wind up playing them. And then for him to punch it in touchdown, it's just, just unlucky, buddy. So I think we uh, sometimes in life you make the right call, but you don't get good results. Yeah, better to be it lucky than good, I guess. The, All right. well, well, no, that's not true, though. I, I, I don't think that's actually true if you want to gamble long term. I've been gambling professionally for more than 15 years now. And I think one of the worst things that can happen is people looking back on a bad process that got good results and trying to build upon that in the future. So whatever. You know, it's like Nate Silver said. 
F you, we did a good job. So how about that? <laughs> That's great. We'll end it on that point. DFSR.com slash deals where you can go get started on our premium membership services, Optimal Lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings NFL. Like we said, uh, NBA, less than, well, a little bit more than a month away right now. Masters just teed off in a rain delay, but you can go get the weekend projections for that. And then golf going forward, it's all covered under one subscription package. So go over to DFSR.com slash deals to get started. Buddy, Enjoy week 10 in NFL action. Yep.